Hey guys, it's Joel here. Uh, firstly, I wanted to apologize for the lack of content that we have not uh, released lately. Uh, we've all been knocked around a fair bit by this coronavirus pandemic, and we've been focusing a lot of our resources on the live streaming and podcasts of our normal gatherings for Soul Revival Church. But what I did want to bring you is this talk that Stu did at our Friday gathering on the 27th of March. Now it's on Matthew 22:37-40, which is one of the verses that inspired the Soul Revival model of ministry. And it also touches on a lot of the elements of the Shock Absorber framework. Now we will be bringing you more Shock Absorber podcasts in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. But for now, please enjoy this talk from Stu. Thanks, guys. If you are at home and you want to read along, um, uh, we're reading from Matthew. And I think it's really important to be reading along and, and, and actually grabbing a Bible yourself and, and having church to continue to be like church. I think I, I watched this video that I might share with you another time about people rocking up to church and being ready for church, um, just like normal. So, for example, uh, it's like going to work. It's like, it's like going to school from home and being in your school uniform at home either way. It puts you in a good mindset. So get your Bible out um, and we'll read from Matthew 22, starting at verse 37. Um, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I'm now going to invite Stu up to... Uh, preach from this well as i said before we uh have got a shock absorber theory that we have a soul revival church and that means that we are trying to bring the flexibility of youth with the maturity of uh older people together to have strength and flexibility within a shock absorber in the church and the shock absorber of our church is going to help us to adjust to change as change happens young people are often the first people who are on the forefront of cultural change and often particularly if you're here tonight watching this and you're young, you're actually probably experiencing cultural change even faster than I am in my generation. And that was not only the case for this COVID-19 situation, but it's been the case for many, many years. Um, when I was young, I was 21 years old, I was in a local church and it was a great local church, but it was experiencing difficulty with keeping up with cultural change. And we were trusted by the adults of our church and they asked us as young adults if we'd think up doing youth ministry in a different way. And as we started to think about it, we started to look at the practices that we'd had um, when um, we were actually in youth group. And this is going a long way back, back in the 1980s. And the practices of youth ministry back then just didn't really connect with us culturally. And so while we were getting biblical teaching, we weren't actually seeing many people who were growing up in Christian families staying in the church and also we weren't seeing anybody from outside in the community coming along to church. So our elders in our church trusted us to think up youth ministry in a different way. And a few of us started a youth group back in 1991 and we called it Soul Revival and that's where Soul Revival comes from. Uh, Soul Revival was a youth group to start off with at Guy Ranglican and it was started by four youth leaders and we decided that instead of running a youth group, what if we were actually a group of friends and we actually 
were youth leaders to the young people that we were leading, but we were actually inviting them to have some continuity with us that we'd uh, stick around with them and lead them right through high school. So by the time they graduate out of high school, they could become our friends. And we were thinking that that was a conviction that didn't just come from ourselves. It was actually something we got from the Bible. Because when we first started at Soul Revival, we actually sat down in the lounge room of one of us uh, young people back in the day and we opened our Bibles and we were flicking through the Bible just thinking, I wonder if there's um, some wisdom from the Bible about how we can approach this new job we have as youth leaders. And one of us came across Matthew 22, 37 to 40, which was a favourite verse. And in it we thought, this is actually a really core and easy way to have a really good foundation for our youth ministry. And over the years, not only was that a good foundation for the youth ministry over 20 years, but since we started Soul Revival Church back in 2012, we've actually continued to have this verse front and centre of our minds as we've planted our church, Soul Revival. We like to summarise this verse I'm going to read out that we've already heard read by Ethan. I'm going to read out again in a sec. We like to summarise this as Jesus changes everything. You see, back in um, Matthew 22, Jesus was actually confronted by the religious leaders. First of all, he was um, uh, actually argued with with the Sadducees, and that was a group of religious leaders. And then in verse 34 that we've got in our passage today, in chapter 22, the Bible says that the Pharisees got together after Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and answered all their questions, and the Pharisees thought they'd come at Jesus one more time. You see, they thought that actually... Uh, trick him and trap him and so this is what happens in verse 35 one of them an expert in the law tested him with this question teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments now in the context of this day, this was a fantastic answer to these Pharisees because they were questioning Jesus about which was the most important law of Moses. And Jesus begins to answer that question by simply starting with how the Ten Commandments actually starts. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And when he goes on to say, this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself, he's actually giving them a really good summary of the law of Moses. And what's really interesting here is Jesus is really looking at them saying, how are you going with that? How are you going at loving God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind? How are you going with that? If you want to know what's the most important thing, I want to ask you, how are you going with that most important thing? Are you loving God like that? And if they were to be honest, they'd have to answer that they weren't loving God with everything they have. And when we first started Soul Revival, we actually were convicted about that ourselves. See, when we started as a youth group, we, we were uh, meeting as youth leaders and running a youth group. But to be honest, we we're actually kind of giving God what was left over after we'd done everything else in our lives that we'd wanted to do. So some of us were at uni, some of us had part-time jobs, some of us were working, and some of us were actually just having lots of sport and having lots of fun. And often when it came to church, we were putting aside an hour on Sunday night we're putting aside some time for a Bible study if we had time. And then if we had time on top of that, we were thinking, oh, let's help run the youth ministry for a while. But we started getting convicted about that. And we thought, well, if we're going to give God our best, how could we actually put God first? And as young people, we thought to ourselves, how can we express that? How can we actually help let Jesus help us to learn how to put God first? 
how to love God more? How can we learn from Jesus how to love God? After all, Jesus obeyed God in everything. Jesus was sinless. Jesus was a perfect expression of what it is to be human, and he was fully God as well. And Jesus, even when he went to the cross, cried out to the Lord and said, that he didn't want to go to the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was crying out to God and said that he was feeling really nervous about going to the cross. Yet he said, not my will, but yours. So he was willing to put God first. And in our small way, back in the early 90s, we thought, well, maybe let's think about what's the most important day of the week? What's the most important night we have? And we thought, why don't we actually give God our Saturday nights that's where we like to go and party what if we were to meet with Jesus around the word of God on a Saturday night and so that was one thing that we did to try and express that in the day but what we thought would happen is if we can try and express this and put God first this might mean that we also might take seriously the second commandment because see Jesus says to the Pharisees how are you going with the second commandment how are you going with loving your neighbor as yourself Now, later, Jesus is going to tell them that when they ask him, who is your neighbor? He's basically going to say to them, everybody is their neighbor. But for the Pharisees, they had these categories of relationships where they'd meet with some people that they considered to be worth meeting with, and they'd stay away from other people that they considered to be sinners. Yet Jesus, in his love, went to those people that the Pharisees wouldn't go anywhere near. And so we, as young people, thought, how are we actually going to express this in our lives? How do we embrace difference? How do we embrace people who are different to ourselves? Not just embracing sameness and only loving people who are the same as us. And so that began for us what we now have as an intergenerational ministry. Because as young adults, we thought we're not going to just relate to the young people as token relationships, as pleasant strangers. Yes, we're going to be their leaders. But we're actually going to seek to be giving up and serving them giving up things that we would normally be doing for the sake of what we can do for them. And over the years, we found that that was a really helpful, orientating way of thinking. In verse 40, Jesus finishes and says, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. See, this foundation that Jesus gives us to love God and to love others is foundational. And so much of our Christian life can be expressed off this. So many good things can come from that. And in fact, the fact that we're trying to continue to meet together over the internet at the moment during this COVID-19 crisis is evidence that we really do want Jesus to be the foundation of our relationships. And can I say that while there's a lot of disruption to our lives in, in the moment, in this moment that we find ourselves in, can I encourage you to continue to try and find ways to love God and love others in your daily life? I'm going to pray for us now. Dear Lord God, we thank you for Jesus' clarity in his teaching. And I pray that you help us to seek clarity and expression as we express that in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks so much for listening, guys. That was a talk that Stu gave at Soar Revival Church, the Friday night gathering on the 27th of March. And if you're interested in listening to any of other other services or gatherings, as we like to call them, you can see them on Sorrowville Church, the podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcast. You've been listening to the Sorrow Absorber podcast. We'll hopefully have some related content for you very, very soon. Thank you.